Today's scripture reading will be taken from Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to just wish you a very blessed Sabbath day today and I regard it as a great privilege to be here on your community guest day uh, speaking the words of the Lord. I also want to add my thanks to the work of the emergency services in this area and all around the UK. Now much of their work is unsung. It is not seen. Some of their work is seen, but much of their work is unseen. And I know that those who serve in these areas are devoted and they put their all into what they do. So we do thank you for the work you do both here in this community and in the communities around the UK. Community with a purpose just want to reflect again on the scripture which was read so beautifully by, by the young lady. Thank you very much for that. And I want to reflect on it because this seems to me to sum up the whole idea of community with a purpose. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We are placed in this world as a community. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we a community with a purpose? In other words, do we have an aim? Is there something we are striving for? Or are we simply living on this earth to please ourselves? It seems to me that if we are to be a community of purpose, then there is something we are aiming for, something we are striving for, something we are trying to reach. Can I also say, that if we are to be a community with a purpose, then we have to be a person with a purpose. Before a community can become a community of purpose, we ourselves as individuals must have a purpose, a direction in our lives. I want to look at someone in the scriptures who was a person with purpose. 
And that person was no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. When he came to this earth, he had an aim. There was something to reach. There was something to aspire to. There was a purpose in his life. We notice very early on in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 49, it seemed that Jesus, at a young age, 12 years of age, realized that he had a purpose and an aim in life. Because there he speaks to his parents and he says, why were you searching for me? You may remember this was a time when Jesus, it appears, was lost. And his parents couldn't find him anywhere, Mary and Joseph. And he asks, he says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Or as the King James Version puts it, be about my father's business. From a very early age, Jesus realized he had a purpose in life. There was something to achieve, something to aspire to. And he recognized that very early on. And then when we come to the end, near the end of his life, in Luke 9, verse 51, it tells us there, as the time approached for him, that is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He had an aim, he had a purpose, to go to Jerusalem because he realized and understood that it was in Jerusalem that the salvation of mankind would be affected by his death on the cross. Jesus had a clear aim at the beginning of his life and at the end of his life. In fact, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, this seems to sum up the mission of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus where he himself says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In other words, Jesus realized that on this planet there were people that were lost, people that needed saving, people who needed help, people who needed to hear a message from God himself about salvation and being rescued from this world of sin. Jesus responded by affirming his mission was to save people who needed saving. Their reputation for sinfulness was not a reason to avoid them. Rather, it was a reason to seek them out. Many times during Christ's ministry, he sought to forgive those whom the self-righteous leaders of the day shunned. He sought out and saved the woman at the well and Samaritans of her town the sinful woman with the alabaster jar, and even one of his own disciples, Matthew, who had been a tax collector. It did not worry Jesus that he would stoop so low in society to go to the lowest of the low to try and raise them up. It didn't matter what people were thinking. People were saying he had a purpose, and his purpose would be accomplished. In Matthew 9, once again, Jesus was criticized for eating with tax collectors and sinners. And once again, Jesus responded by stating his mission. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus' goal was to save. 
It was a goal that he reached. Because in John 17, verse 4, he said in his famous prayer, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus was a man of purpose. And the question we need to ask ourselves today, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, do we have a purpose? Do we have an aim? Is there a reason for our living today? All through the Gospels, we see Jesus call to repentance and forgive the worst of sinners. No one was too sinful to come to him. In fact, he went after those who were lost, as the parables of the lost sheep and the coin show. In the story of the prodigal son, Jesus teaches that God will always welcome with open arms those who come to him with a repentant heart. Even today, Jesus continues to seek and save those who humbly place their faith in him. Because indeed, my friends, Jesus is alive today. Yes, he died on the cross, but he died on the cross that we might live. And then he was raised again on the third day. And now he pleads in the heavenly courts, in the heavenly sanctuary. He makes intercession for sinners. Jesus still has a purpose today, my friends. And I submit to us today that Jesus wants us as his disciples to join in that mission to help seek and save those who are lost. From the Christian writer Ellen White, the book Ministry of Healing, she said this, she said, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, won their confidence, then he bade them follow me. My friends, our mission is to mingle with men and women of our society today. Many who do not understand the gospel message, the message of salvation. This world has many belief systems. Many of them are false systems. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Dare I say that our mission is to show people the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving ways. You see, because Jesus was a man of purpose, he built a community of purpose through his disciples. When Jesus ascended up into heaven, his disciples carried on his work. And we see their great exploits, especially the early church, the book of Acts, where many people came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so, I believe that we, as his disciples, that mission continues. That mission has not finished. Throughout the centuries, that mission has gone on and on through various men and women and children. And now today in the 21st century, as we live in the last days of time, that mission continues through the everlasting gospel, the three angels' message found in Revelation 14. Are we a community with a purpose? Are we a person with a purpose? And so you see, 
In order to fulfill that mission, we must have an aim. We must have purpose. It's not enough simply to attend church every week. We must have a reason. We must have a purpose. And it is only Christ that can fill us with that purpose. Jesus and Jesus alone. That's why the Bible says clearly in John 17 verse 3, to know him is life eternal. It's not enough to assent to doctrine, to teaching. It's not even enough just to believe in the Bible. We must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be his friends and disciples. That's when we become filled with purpose and power. You see, it is only Christ that can fill us with that purpose and help us to identify with his purpose, to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus knew who he was and he knew his mission, a person with a purpose. The question we may ask at this point then, how do we become people of purpose? How do we become a community of purpose? May I say, that in order for us to become a people of purpose, we need to know Jesus, but also we need to know ourselves. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, many times you hear people say, I'm taking time off, I'm taking time away because I want to find out more about who I am myself. You heard people say that? Many people say that because they want time to reflect on who they are, the kind of person they are. May I suggest that the only way we can truly know ourselves is through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, before we knew Jesus on the cross, we were walking aimlessly through life trying to satisfy ourselves, trying to live a life as best way we possibly could. But the moment we saw Jesus on the cross, we were filled with a knowledge of ourselves. Because in this world, there are two classes of people, generally. There are people that are filled with pride. They feel they're better than anybody else, and they know more than anybody else. On the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who believe they are nothing, they are worthless, they can do nothing, low self-esteem. But my friends, when we come to the cross, he solves that dilemma. Because when we come to the cross, the proud person says, I can do nothing, I cannot save myself, only Jesus can save me. And it brings them down from their pedestal to where Jesus is. And then those who suffer from low self-esteem, I can do nothing, Low self-image. When they look at the cross, they are lifted up. Because when they look at the cross, they realize that Jesus cares for them. He loves them and died for them. And it makes them realize they are worth something. My friends, we have to come to a realization of who we are in the light of the cross. And then we'll be filled with purpose and power. It is also good to know what type of gifts we have. You know, the Bible talks about spiritual gifts. Have you heard about that? It talks about the fact that God gives his disciples differing gifts and abilities. 
And it's good for us to know what abilities we have and gifts we have because then we can work with purpose through those gifts and abilities. But very importantly, we need to prepare ourselves if we want to be people with a purpose. You know, it's like an examination. You cannot just walk into an examination and hope to answer all the questions without having studied and revised. To be Christians with a purpose, we need to prepare ourselves. And how do we do that? How do we prepare ourselves? What does God expect of us if we want to be a people with a purpose, a community with a purpose? We need to practice what I call The inward disciplines. The first one of those disciplines is called prayer. Many of us are familiar with prayer. Many of us would say prayer is very important. It is vital for the Christian experience. And so it is. But sometimes we can have a shallow experience with prayer. Perhaps we are simply just asking God for things material possessions. Whereas prayer actually goes much deeper than that. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, the Apostle Paul captured the essence of prayer. And he says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. My friends, the purpose of prayer is to know God, to know him who is life eternal, to understand who he is, to understand his passion, to understand his purpose. You see, when we understand his purpose, we then become people with a purpose, a community with a purpose. Because we are simply following the Lord Jesus Christ in his aim and passion upon this earth. May I submit that when we reach that level, we become the happiest people on this earth. Yes, difficult times may come, problems may come, but we will be joyful in sorrow because we are people with a purpose. We need to study the scriptures. We need to meditate upon the scriptures. The scriptures are God's word to us. Sadly, and I even speak for myself, sadly, we neglect the scriptures. Our lives are so busy. We're rushing here, there, and everywhere. And we fail to hear the word of God to our soul. Because the scriptures, or the Holy Bible, is more than a book about information which it surely is it has valuable information but the bible is a talking book and why do i say that because as you read it you hear god's voice to your soul not to everybody else's but to your soul and if we want to be people with a purpose we need to hear the voice of god to our soul we neglect the holy scriptures to our peril We lose our purpose. We lose direction. We become rudderless. The word of God 
sets the task before us. God speaks to us and says, my child, I know you're discouraged. I know you're down. I know you're destitute. But stand with me and I will stand with you. Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we are people with a purpose, Jesus stands by our side. We don't have to worry about success. Jesus has already won the victory. My friends, of ourselves, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, we can do everything. We need to prepare ourselves by drawing closer to the Lord. Not a surface experience, but a deep experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. When I talk about the inward disciplines, we're talking about prayer, meditation, study. But also what comes into that is fasting. And many times we misunderstand what we mean by fasting. What is fasting? Does fasting somehow bring me closer to God? Am I in God's good books when I fast? Is it a means of salvation? No, it is not. But when we fast, we are saying to the Lord, I want to spend more time with you. I am serious about you, and I want to get to know you better. That's the true fast of God. And it doesn't have to involve eating or drinking, although it can do. There are many types of fast. You know, I can remember... A few years ago now, when I was pastoring down in Greenwich, as was mentioned, I remember one of the members came up to me and she said, Pastor, I'm going to go on a fast because I want to draw closer to God. And I said, that's good. She said, yes, she said, but it's not an eating fast or a drinking fast. I'm going on a different type of fast. And I said, what type of fast is this? She said, look, she said, I recognize in my life that I'm addicted to that program Coronation Street. And she said, whenever that program comes on, I've got to be there, I've got to watch it. Even if I'm not there, she said, I make sure I record it so I can see it again later. And I don't miss a single episode. And she said to me, Pastor, I'm going to go on a fast for one month and not watch Coronation Street. And she said, instead, when that program comes on, I'm going to open my Bible and read my Bible. Well, I wish to every success in that endeavor. A month later, she came back to me, and she was so excited. She said, Pastor, Pastor, I'm so excited. I said, why are you so excited? She said, because I've been on this fast for a month. I have not watched Coronation Street. I've read my Bible. And she said, I'm so excited because I'm not even going back to Coronation Street. I'm sticking with my Bible. She had received an appetite for God. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong in watching the TV or Coronation Street. But what are our priorities? How much time do we spend in the Word of God compared to watching the TV screen? Maybe some of us need to fast a little bit with the TV. Community with a purpose. A person with a purpose needs to saturate themselves in the Word of Scripture. And so they are the inward disciplines we also need in order to prepare to be a community with a purpose, to be a person with a purpose, we need to practice what are called the outward disciplines. Number one, simplicity. Have you ever heard someone say, I need to get back 
to the simple life. My life is so cluttered. It is so busy. There is so much going on. And they will then state all these wonderful gadgets we have today, the iPad, the iPhone, the computer, the laptop. These were meant to be labor-saving devices, but they've made me more busy. Especially when they go wrong. Hours spent trying to fix a computer or an iPhone. What has happened in our society today, my friends? We are so busy, so caught up by the busyness and the pressures of life. There hardly seems time to breathe. There hardly seems time to do anything substantial because we are so busy trying to do this, that, and the other. And many people are crying out, I need to get back to the simple life. And I believe that we as Christians need to get back to the simple life. Now, I don't mean we discard all of our gadgets because they have many good uses, but we need to unclutter our lives of that which is unnecessary. Because that which is unnecessary holds us down. It's a dead weight upon us. And it stops us from being people with a purpose. Simplicity. The first outward discipline. The second is solitude. You may notice in the Bible, Jesus spent much time alone. You notice that? You notice that many times he would go up to a high place, to a mountain, to pray alone. Not even his disciples. Have you ever asked, why did Jesus do that? Why wasn't he busy ministering to his people? Why did he seem to waste time by spending time alone? I want to submit to you, that was not time wasted. That time that Jesus spent alone was a replenishing of his soul. The revitalization of his spirit so that he could carry on in the purpose of God. The purpose of his father. My friends, when was the last time you were alone? Spending time with your father. Spending time with your God. Just thinking, meditating, feeding upon him. We lose a lot by not spending time alone. You know, sometimes I meet people who are not happy unless they are surrounded by people. That's the only time they're happy, only time they are fulfilled. And when they are alone, they moan and complain, I'm so lonely, so isolated. My friends, time alone is precious. In God's sight, it is precious. It feeds your soul. One of the things that I do from time to time is take my bike out, my cycle. And I've been doing this over the past 10 years. I live in Luton, and around Luton there are lots of cycle tracks, cycleways, without any traffic. And I just go out, take the bike out. And I'm amazed when I do that, I can actually spend time alone with my God on the bicycle, meditating, thinking. In fact, sometimes the ideas for my sermons come while I'm riding the bike. Spending time alone is powerful, my friends. We need to practice it more. Because as we practice that, we are fed by the Lord Jesus Christ and we become, once again, people of purpose, a community of purpose. 
The third outward discipline is the discipline of submission. In other words, we live this life with a submissive attitude. Not an attitude that we lord it over everyone else. Submissive. We're willing to serve. We're willing to do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what I do for him, I will do it because I'm submissive to his spirit and to his leading. The happiest people on this earth are people that know the will of God and do it, no matter how small or large the task is. People with a purpose, people with a passion, people with power, a community with a purpose. The fourth and final outward discipline is service very closely linked with submission. An attitude of service, an attitude to help others, an attitude to put others first, an attitude that says you are better than me and I will do for you the best I can possibly do to help you and to guide you through life. That is an attitude of service as opposed to self-serving where we try to get the best for our lives. The amazing thing is, my friends, when we try to serve self, When we try to make ourselves happy, we end up miserable. But when we go out and serve others and help others and put others first, we end up happy and fulfilled. Jesus said, it is far better to give than to receive. And that is so true. Community with a purpose. People with a purpose. How is our soul today? How is our heart today? How is our mind today? Is it in the right place? Am I a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or have I deviated? Perhaps some of us remember the time when we first came to Jesus, when we saw Jesus on the cross lifted up and how his power overwhelmed us But maybe over the years, as time has gone by, that love has died within our hearts. And we no longer have the flame of excitement. The purpose seems to have died. My friends, it is not too late. We still serve a merciful Savior today. The door of probation is still open. We just simply need to call out to him, to cry out to him, like Peter did when he was sinking in the water. Lord, save me, and he will raise us up to help us be where we were before and find our first love again. My friends, you don't need me to tell you that we are living in the last days. If we as Seventh-day Adventists believe the scriptures as they are written, especially the books of Daniel and Revelation, we can see that we're living right at the end. Time prophecy has finished. And now, since that time prophecy finished, we are living in the end. 174 years has passed since that prophecy came to be. My friends, where is our soul today? Where is our heart today? Are we people with a purpose? Are we people with a passion? Are we a community with purpose? the great violinist Niccolo Paganini he willed his violin 
to the city of Genoa in Switzerland. And in his will, he stipulated that no one should touch this violin where it was placed in this museum. It should not be touched, but it should simply be observed as people came in to see this great violin. The problem was that this violin was made of a certain wood and this wood could only retain its essence, could only retain its purity and its freshness if the violin was played on a regular basis. And as the years have gone by, that violin has almost disintegrated. It has become rusted. It has become worm-eaten. And all that is left, almost, is the beautiful case in which it is encased in. That violin was built with a purpose. It served its time. It gladdened many people's hearts as Paganini played it. But when it was lying listless, doing nothing, it began to fade away. My friends... Jesus made us as people with a purpose. He did not make us to be mere relics of Christianity, of simply coming to warm the pews Sabbath after Sabbath. But he wants us to be alive, to be vital, to be used by him, so that that freshness and power will never fade, but it will be used to serve others and lead others to him, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, Life without a purpose is meaningless. It is a state of mediocrity. It is a state of inertia and unhappiness. That wasn't the life of Jesus. Jesus had a purpose to seek and save that which was lost. I submit to us today that Jesus wants to fill his followers with that same purpose today. Are we willing to be filled today? Because once we become a people with purpose, then united together, we become a community with purpose. My friends, what is your desire today as we hear these words? Where are we today? What is our purpose today? What is our raison d'etre, our reason to be in this life? I recognize today there may be some of us here who have lost their way, lost the original flame, lost the original spark, lost their first love, but you dearly want to come back to that situation. I want to say a special prayer at this time. And I want to pray for all those who wish to get back to their first love, who wish to get back to their purpose, who wish to be a person of purpose, to lift others up towards the Lord Jesus Christ. If that is your desire, please stand at this time. If your desire is to come back to Jesus, to come back more fully, to to have that flame, to have that desire, to have that spark, to have that purpose, Lord, I'm coming back. I've been distracted, Lord, by so many things. I've been so busy, Lord, that my love for you has almost flickered out. But, Lord, today I'm making a decision. I'm saying to you, Jesus, I'm coming back home 
to you because I want to be saved and I want others to be saved. I want to be filled with the purpose you have to come and seek and save those who are lost. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, take me back home. And my friends, as we pray that prayer, Jesus will take us back home. He will take us into his arms and he will fill us with that power, that purpose again, that will reignite us to face the community and to save the community, not in our strength, but in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before I close, I want to ask another question. There may be some in our midst today who don't know Jesus. You've never accepted Jesus. You're not a Christian. But somehow your life is, is empty and you want to be filled with a purpose and a drive in your life that will help you to help others and to help yourself. There may be some here today who don't know Jesus, but in their heart something is stirring and something is saying within your heart, I don't understand it, I've never really read the Bible, but I want to be there. Lord, I want to be your servant. Lord, I want to go with you into heaven, into eternity. If there is such a one, just raise your hand, because I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the Lord Jesus will become a reality in your life. Just raise your hand where you are, and I will acknowledge you and pray for you at this moment, at this time. I don't know Jesus. I don't understand. I've come to church today. I don't know why I've come to church today, but I do want to give my heart to the Lord. If you are such a person, just raise your hand right now. Ask everyone to bow their heads now as we offer up this prayer. Let's bow our heads together, shall we? Dearest Lord Jesus, we are so thankful and grateful that you were a person with a purpose. In fact, we understand, O oh Lord, that that purpose was there from the foundation of the world. That you purposed in your heart that you would save the lost and you would make the sacrifice necessary because you loved us. O oh Lord, I want to pray for those of us who have stood today because we realize that we have gone astray a little bit. That that same purpose is not there as it used to be. We've lost our first love and Lord, we're crying out to you. Help us to come back to you. To be filled with purpose anew. To be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want to pray for those, Lord, who do not know you who are here today. I want to pray for those who raise their hand. I want to pray for those perhaps who weren't able to raise their hand, but they want to know you, Lord. They want to have a life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And this can be found only in you. Be with those individuals now and save them. Touch their lives in a powerful way and help them, Lord, to become disciples of yours. And so, Lord, keep us Keep us as your people. Be with us here in Brixton. 
be with the community of Brixton, where there is so much crime and violence. May you bring peace to this place, to this community. And may we be change agents, not only our church, but all other churches, other agencies. May you use them for the glory of your cause so that soon we can go home and be with you throughout all eternity. May this be our experience. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray today. Amen. Amen.